Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me, Tom? Isle of Man to Major Tom. Can you hear me, Tom? Oh, hello. Yes, hello. I can hear you. Can you hear me? It's not working, actually, is it? I'll come back in. Okay, say something, say something. Hello. Oh, that maybe is better. Ooh, that richness. We've definitely got a microphone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Wonderful to be here in, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I'm gay. Uh, I don't know if I needed to explain that. Uh, and if you've seen me before, I'm still gay. Uh, if anything, it's getting worse. <laughs> and I'm completely gay as well. We're going to get you here on the Isle of Man. We're so excited to have you. You, you have been here before, haven't you? Um, I have. Um, well, a long time ago, I supported Sarah Millican there. Um, and um, and so we were in Douglas in about 20... Ooh, must have been 2016, I think. So a while ago now. Also, when I um, was an actor, I um, filmed on the Isle of Man a couple of times, particularly a thing called Tom Brown's School Days for ITV. So uh-huh. I was there for a few weeks. Yeah, I remember it very well. What, what are your, dare I ask, what your uh, lasting memories of the Isle of Man are? <laughs> Be kind. Um, well, um, actually it was very nice for Green and um, Douglas was very nice. Yeah, wandered along, went to some nice restaurants and um, yeah, people were very kind. So it was uh, it was lovely, really. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to being back on the uh, on the sixth. It's actually the coronation day. We're going to be there, so maybe we should do some sort of reenactment of that. <laughs> yeah, right, royal visit for you, especially. Yes, 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 exactly. So yes, yeah, so May the sixth. That is the date. Uh, this is this is a whole new tour, all new content. Yes, and it's based on the fact you've finally grown up, apparently, Tom. Well, I like to think so. Yes, but after a, a long time of living. Um, with a couple called Dad and Mum, um, I finally um, moved, yeah, got my own place, which has been lovely, but a little bit stressful as well. Like, um, you know, you've got to look after the place and you've got to suddenly deal with things like foxes coming in the garden and I have to try and scare them away with a sauce, banging a saucepan. People don't know if I'm scaring away a fox or trying to thank a nurse. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 been very fun having my own place and trying to feel like a normal adult. Sorry, yes, a normal adult. <laughs> <laughs> That's an there interesting way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I don't know why I said that. Really, well, you know yeah. what you should have done. You should have thought about the Isle of Man because we don't have foxes. Oh, is that right? Mm. No oh, foxes. No foxes. Maybe I'll bring no one snakes. over, shall I? Oh, yeah. it'll be all through the, the local headlines. <laughs> that will be Tom brings no. fox to Isle of Man. No foxes and, and no snakes, did you say? No foxes, no snakes, no badgers. However, oh. um, we have a family of, of escapee wallabies from the wildlife parks that have taken up really? residence. Yeah, we now have wallabies all over the Isle of Man. There's some content for you. <laughs> oh, that's extraordinary. Oh, wow, how exotic. Um, so you're going to share this, this sort of the, the this whole sort of journey for you, really, of finally moving out of the parents' house, and apparently um, you've got some veg on the go. Well, yes, I well I haven't got them this year, but last year I grew some, well tried to grow some things. But the things you plant plants of like say you think you can have runner beans or you think you can have peas, and you end up with like four of them, and so you go well that's <laughs> you know you kind of think you're going to have this bounty bountiful harvest, and um, and you've got sort of like one cherry tomato and four sugar snap peas. And it's not, it doesn't really, doesn't really fill you up, it seems. Although my spring onions did go a bit wild. I had loads of those. Too many, actually, too many spring onions. 
yeah, I don't, I don't know how those farmers do it. They really deserve a lot more respect, don't they? Um, <laughs> so um, it's a lot harder. But potatoes, actually, I grew. And I was very proud of those, very pleased with those. I do recommend growing some potatoes if you get a chance. The taste totally different. Um, so, yeah. So um, things like that and um, herbs. I do a few herbs, but that's mainly on the windowsill. But it's quite calming, I find. And, you know, in our, in our world of looking on social media all the time, it's quite nice just to put the phone down and suddenly just tend to a garden, really. So, yeah, so I found myself kind of... Well, what I've always felt really is that I live the life of a sort of 65-year-old woman from the 1950s. So um, I'm just sort of embracing that now. I'm going to be 40 in a few months. So I think, well, that's who I am. I basically am Miss Marple, just with fewer murders. (laughs) That's always good to know. You can bring your foxes in, but don't bring your murders. Thank you very much. Don't bring your murders, yeah. (laughs) Is Miss Marple on the Isle of Man, is there? No, No, I'm sorry. No, we don't get TV here, so you're all right. Um, I'm feeling uh, very energised, actually. I'm very excited. This is my first time on the other side of the bench. Obviously, I've spent a lot of time co-hosting Bake Off the Professionals. I have no doubt that I'm going to perform exquisitely. Fly, my pretties. So, I mean, have you been inspired then through the very sort of cooking shows you've done to, to grow these things and then and then make stuff from them? Oh, that's nice that you think that. No, I mean, I have, <laughs> have worked on a number of cooking shows and you'd think that I would be good, but in truth, um, I'm actually not. Um, I'm rubbish, but uh, I, I like the idea of it. I've got lots of cookbooks and lots of... Um, yeah, the sort of I've got a nice kitchen, but when it comes to cooking, I'm actually a bit rubbish and and don't have any uh, any discernible skill. Um, so that's that's always regrettable, isn't it? But um, but I do I do I try my best. I try my best. No, nope, beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. Nice crack. Thank you. But what do you think about the shortbread? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Looks hideous, boss. <gasps> no, <laughs> stop it! <laughs> oh, you're such a flirt. And and you know I think everyone has this idea of being. This kind of Nigel Slater meets Hugh Fernley Whittingstone meets Nigella Lawson kind of person who who just sort of, you know, spends all day growing a courgette and, and making something exquisite with it and just having this pared back, simple life. But in, in essence, most of us are so frantic, just trying to get through the day, working hard, dealing with social media, dealing with emails that seem to be up in our faces all the time that you just, well, you're lucky if you have, um, you know, a slice of toast. Well, and at the end of the day, what can you really do with, you know, four peas and a sugar snap? I mean, what can you yeah, make from that? You know what? <laughs> you know what? Uh, it's it's a pretty bare risotto, isn't it, with that? It is so, a little bit. Um, it's all right, though, because you've got the 1950s frock and pinny on the go. So, you know. That's right. That's right. So I've got the dress up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bread, trumps, bread, trumps, bread, trumps. I take it if you were to, to be an entrepreneur and, you know, <laughs> try and impress on that there other show, uh, you wouldn't do oh, something yes. that's kind of produce based then. Oh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, I think all those apprentice candidates, they do work very hard, don't they? And um, I don't think I would, um, I, d- I don't know if I would, uh, if I'd thrive in that in that environment at all. I don't know what I'd sell, really. Um, you've got to have something that's that's profitable. Certainly not growing vegetables in my garden has not been profitable. Um, I, I think, yeah, you've got to have something very clever to, to sell. But uh, I'm full of admiration for those apprentice candidates. We have them all on our show, The, the Apprentice uh-huh. Who Fired, and and they're always very, very sweet, actually. I think they get, sometimes people on social media are like, oh, I could have done that. Well, you sort of want to go, well, yeah, but you didn't, did you? So, you know, give them a break. And they do, yeah, they, they're very they're very industrious. They've got great ideas about, well, various things, actually, they think that might turn into a business. So, so, yeah, so they're, they're much more impressive than I am. I just make fun of them. <laughs> Charming. <laughs> well, you know what? That's what you're there to do. It's all good. That's <laughs> my job, yeah. <laughs> Delish. 
Stephanie gave us quite an insight into her trip to Magaluf with the girls back in 2011. The whole purpose of the task was to go down there and catch crabs. Do you prefer the, the TV side of it then or the on stage? if you had to choose between one of them? I know it's a horrible question. Well, no, I mean, I like them both. And I, I did stand up for a long time. And, and, and I, I've been a stand up since 2005. Uh, but when I first started, I really didn't know what I was doing. And it took me a long time. And I think it, that, that, that I sort of got better at stand up and got to do more television sort of after about 12 or 13 years, about 13 years I was doing that. And then I suddenly sort of understood what I was doing a bit more and then, and then got to do a bit more of both. And Frankly, I just like being busy and I like getting to meet different people and I like going to different places. So for me, I, 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 like, I enjoy both of them in, in equal measure, but they're, they're quite different. Obviously, with this live show, there's that live experience that I, I adore that you have, you know, the, whoever's in the room are the people who are going to be there and, you know, whatever happens, happens and it can't ever be replicated again completely. So, so I like that. And I think especially after the pandemic, uh, um, I think those live experiences are really powerful and, and, and um, you know, even Zoom has its benefits. But then, you know, during the pandemic, we were having those Zoom meetings and it's not it doesn't feel like it replaces normal life. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but on Zoom meetings, I don't really look at the other people at all. To be honest, it could just be a landline with a mirror in front of me. I'm too busy looking at my my face, my chin, what angle suits my chin best. So um, I think those live interpersonal experiences are are really really treasured now after the pandemic you're absolutely right uh, but there must be some there's something about though isn't there not that i've experienced this but you know sort of having a whole crowd of people laugh at something you've said that must be the most extraordinary feeling well for me i think with stand-up it's about you have to sort of share your insecurities you have to share something of yourself and people laugh because they go oh i felt that as well <laughs> And you feel very, it's a very nice feeling, hopefully, because other people go, oh, I thought I was the only person who felt that. And you go, oh, I thought I was the only person who felt that. And you feel kind of connected to each other in that way. And I think that's very powerful. And I got invited to this hen party recently. It was my friend Kate from school. And it was being organised by her chief bridesmaid, Emma. And Emma is, how would you describe Emma? Emma is passive aggressive. And so we all got this email from Emma going, Hi guys, hope you're well. It's Emma here. I'm organising Kate's hen party. It's been really stressful. Actually, oh, shut up, Emma. Don't do it then. <laughs> she said, I kept the costs really low because I know you guys can't afford very much. Rude. <laughs> and then she said, I I Please read all the information. I've kept the information really brief, so please make sure you read all the information. Anyway, she hadn't kept it brief at all. I thought, I'm not going to read this. I've never read Proust. So... I did what anybody would have done and I ignored it. And then, two weeks later, I got another email from Emma going, Hi Tom, hope you're well. Which I knew she did not mean. <laughs> she said, I needed to hear from you for my spreadsheet. Um, so it is a lovely feeling, yeah, lovely feeling. And like I say, just to be all together with people. And I, I like travelling to places that I might not necessarily have gone to otherwise. So you go to places that, you know, I mean, the Isle of Man is very beautiful, but other places that aren't, you know, tourist destinations or whatever. But there's always something interesting. There's always something, um, something to take from it and, and interesting people to, to, to find out about. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll give you plenty of fodder. But you've had that. Oh. <laughs> you, you, you can have your notepad out, aren't you? From the second you land on the on the island, uh, you'll be course. writing little notes for the, for future shows. Yeah, um, it of sounds course, like you've yeah. had a sort of uh, similar reaction and, and similar connection with people through the book that you wrote, the memoir, um, obviously, which was sort of in part about your father, wasn't it? As well, it seems like you've oh, had some yes. really good connection about that too. 
Well, yes. I mean, I've written two books now. I wrote one called No Shame. And uh, last year, my second one came out, um, which is called Too Much. And yes, I, with both of those, especially, I think with a book, you owe it to people, I think, to be true to yourself. Because people take you on holiday with them in the form of a book and they take you, take you to bed with them. So, you know, you kind of owe it to them, I think, to to share your, you, you know, your, your kind of true self and, and the experiences you've had. And you try and be honest about that. And I think what books and I think stand up gets a chance to do this is is, is it shows a bit you can show a bit of nuance and you can show a bit of the gray areas and, and the kind of detail of life. Because I think we live in an age when everything's so online and it, we just sort of jump from one thing to the next and we're outraged and then we're not outraged. And then we're, you know, it's all, it's all sort of so kind of um extreme and 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 so kind of quick that actually a, a book as i said stand-up show allows you to spend time and to explain the world as you see it and and with the books i, I found you know I, I like to explain the complexities of things and in the first one i talked i suppose about coming out really but also about sort of being an eccentric teenager in suburbia and the second one i talk about grief and often both those things are kind of oversimplified in film and television with you know a bit of sad music underneath but the truth is you know you don't always cry at the moment you expect they expect you to cry you don't always cry at a, a funeral but you might cry when you're walking in the supermarket and you look at some trifles because you remember your dad really liked trifle and um, and that's not convenient and i sort of i'm always drawn to the moments of life which humans where human beings aren't sort of convenient you know they aren't kind of tied up with a bow that human beings are very complicated and as i always say if they were straightforward if life was straightforward i'd be out of a job because i think it's my my role to explain explain how complex life can be and, and with such sort of uh humility but also humor as well which sort of i think really helps doesn't it people just love to have that sort of humorous twist on things it sort of it sort of takes the edge off doesn't it i think so i think so yeah some people some people tell tell jokes to just to laugh but some people you know, try and laugh just to get through, just get through the day. And I think that's a wonderful uh, human instinct is to make light of situations and to giggle at the most serious moments. And I mean, funerals are funny, you know, for, they, because everybody's so, they can be funny anyway. You know, we went to a funeral where it was after my dad's one, but there was a an undertaker who wore a very sort of bold purple waistcoat and a striped trouser, which with a walking cane and a top hat, I mean, made him look like Willy Wonka. And um, and then we went into the crematorium and the first thing I saw was a sign that said what to do in the event of a fire. And I kind of thought, well, isn't that why we're all here? <laughs> oh, dear, that's brilliant. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of find things to laugh about, um, even in the bleakest of times. Oh, and I think that's absolutely. A, a noble. Would, yes. would you ever would you ever um, sort of like take the slant of, of writing a novel then, do you think, from from having written this sort of... Well, I'd really like to see that, actually. And I've got a bit of time this year. I was going to try and have a look at doing that. So I've always really liked storytelling. And that's why that's how I try and approach stand up really is telling stories. And um, I like, yeah, I like I'd love the idea of doing that. I've always really liked the bold characters, people like Dickens, actually, and, and that sort of satire. And um, I think we live in a very, we live in quite a pompous age again. I think people forget how pompous we are. People take themselves very serious, very earnest, very... Um, and they're, they're very performative. You know, people are very keen to make a show of like, oh, of course, I'm a very, I'm the kindest, I'm the most noble person. I only think the best things. And um, and and I think that um, you know, it's kind of funny to poke fun at that. I always think, again, coming back to social media, but I always think like. A lot of the time, the people who comment on social media are probably the same people who in the old days would have turned up at a public hanging. You know, they're that sort of, um, they're that kind of piety, aren't they? So uh, I, I kind of like the idea of poking fun at that.
Yes, absolutely. Who is okay? I'm intrigued to know. I know I won't keep you much longer because I know you're, you're very, very busy man. You've got, you know, you've Not got you've got potatoes to try and grow. I've um, got potatoes. <laughs> exactly. Um, so <laughs> I, I want to know from you because I know obviously you know you've got lots of pals who are comedians. But who is the funniest person you know? Is it a comedian or is it just sort of someone you know, you know in your friends and, and family network? Well, I, I it's probably my mum actually. Um, my mum's always sort of instilled in me a sense of what what's funny and what's not, and she's always the one who sort of pokes fun at characters and and situations and people, and has always taught me so much about that, and has always had such a big. She was the one who educated me in comedy and sort of in a much broader uh, way than I would have had ordinarily. I think she was the one who would like tape things that were on late at night, and uh, you know things like Spitting Image, for example, or One Foot in the Grave, or. Um, keeping up appearances or, you, you know, or would get me to watch kind of the Pink Panther th- films or um, would get me to watch Carry On films, I think, which probably I connected with more than anything. And I'd really loved Kenneth Williams and, and my mum got me to, you know, would tape anything with him on or, you know, things like that. So I'd say my mum has got the sort of broader sense of humour and kind of is responsible for my uh, my um, my my uh, style of comedy. And um, even now, like when, my mum, my when she had jobs that she didn't enjoy she'd always say just see it like she'd actually say see it like you're in a dickens novel and she would just sort of see all the characters as kind of big 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 sort of uh pompous people that could have like funny names and actually the world becomes a bit more bearable and i guess it's like what you say you know the world is a bit more bearable if you can laugh at it take a step back and see it for what it is Oh, it absolutely is. Well, we can't wait to have you here. Oh, um, thank just, you very yeah, much. We're really looking forward to having you. It'd be so nice to have you. Just you all to ourselves. Without, I know it's ah. lovely to have you here with Sarah, but now we get you for a full night. Oh, which that's is... very generous. Oh, well, thank you. Well, maybe we'll do something regal as well to celebrate the coronation. Tying the coronation, yes. we need to bring some foxes yes. with you. Try and okay, avoid, of course. Try and avoid Miss yes. Marple-esque murders. Yes, I try and avoid any murders, I promise. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. Anna. And at one point, I would like to see you dressed as a 1950s. Housewife. Any well, that's that's fine. That's easy. Oh, that's my travelling clothes. So that's fine. <laughs> Excellent, Tom. It's an absolute joy speaking with oh, you. Oh, thanks for and, having me. Uh, Great to speak. I will. Yeah, we'll we'll see you when you're here on the Isle of Man. In a few weeks. Yeah, can't few wait. weeks time. May can't the sixth. Get your tickets now, people. Villa Gaiety. It is going to be an absolute blast. I've no doubt. Oh, can't wait. Cheers. Thank you very much, Man.